One of the guys, I didn't realize it was his mother. One of the guys gets on the bus. He's got his husband's tattoo shirt on. He's excited. His sister gets on the bus and said, get off. We got to go. He says, I don't want to get off. She said, we got to go. We got to go somewhere else. When he gets off the bus, the children tells me this is one of the boys whose mother was killed 18 hours earlier. Oh, my Rick. And he wants to come to the Husband Institute. Why? He's going to get words of affirmation. He's going to get quality time. He's going to get acts of service. He's going to get touch. He's going to get everything that has created a loving environment for me. When I first heard about the Husband Institute, I was skeptical, but I was at my wit's end. My son was constantly being suspended from school, always fighting. I did not know what to do. Since attending the Husband Institute, my son dresses differently. He is more respectable and less angry. I think the Husband Institute gives boys direction. I'm grateful for what they exposed him to. I have seen a genuine change in my son. Hi, and welcome to Mid-South Viewpoint. I'm Byron Tyler here with the senior pastor of the Pursuit of God Transformation Church in Fraser. My good friend, Ricky Floyd. Bishop, good to see you. Glad to be here. <laughs> are we in 2020? We are in we are, 2020. We are here, and we're going to talk about the Husband Institute. A lot of great things happening. It's kind of become tradition, but the last couple of years, you and I have started off the new year with radio wow. shows. I don't know if you realize that. Man. Kind of ended some, too. That with, explains the progressions <laughs> of my year. They've been getting better and better every well, year. I don't know about that. I don't know if I'd realize that you actually grew up in Tunica, Mississippi. I was born in Tunica to a 15-year-old mother. We moved about eight months to a year after I was born. She was 15-year-old with an eighth-grade education, and she just celebrated her 69th birthday this Saturday. And you went down there for the big celebration? Well, she actually lives in another part of Mississippi. She has an amazing testimony. Eighth grade education, stepchild of 13 children, homeless, big head baby, no education. Now she lives on 40 acres of land, three houses, 13 horses between Senatobia and Holly Springs, Mississippi. Can we say God is good? God is good. One of the big influences of your life was your stepdad. Yes, yes. I heard it said that marriage is the quickest way out of poverty. That's exactly what it was for my mother and I. She was, a, again, a 17-year-old mother. She wasn't even legal enough to get married. The judge signed a waiver over and told my dad if he didn't treat her right, he was going to arrest her. Oh my. Uh, and so we were in the Riverside area over in South Memphis, and that was bad 50 years ago. My uncle saw my wife, my mom walking down the street. She said, I got a, I got a nephew I want you to meet. They met. He came over, ate dinner. He ate the whole chicken. My, <laughs> he didn't save you any chicken? He didn't save any chicken. He didn't know that was all we had. And my mother said she had to marry him if we were going to eat the next week. <laughs> Funny, but a true story. Oh, my goodness. And they'll be celebrating 50 years. Of course, you and Sheila now, how long have you been married? We're at 26 years. Oh my. Yes. God is a miracle worker. He is, isn't he? And, and I'm, like, I'm getting ready to celebrate 36 years. Wow. Amazing. I know my wife needs a big award in yes. heaven. You know, yes, yes. <laughs> putting up the things she's put up with me. But as I opened up with that statement from a real life parent mm -hmm. in the Fraser community, yeah. Teresa, who wrote about her son, that scenario kind of gets repeated over and over again. You, you see a lot of this, right, where parents have got kids, boys and daughters, too, of course, yeah. and they don't know what to do. Don't know what to do. I'm reminded of a story. When I initially started Husband of Two, I wanted to work with boys between the ages of 14 and 18. I had in mind, I'm going to work with 14 boys between the ages of 14 and 18. 
The response was overwhelming. I had an immediate 25 response. And then I remember a grandmother calling me and saying, I need my son to be a part of the husband's too. I said, ma'am, how old is your son? She said, he's seven years old. I said, ma'am, he's, he's not old enough to be a part. And she says, my grandson saw his father killed in front of him at five years old, and he has anger issues, severe anger issues. I said, a seven-year-old with severe anger issues? She said, they have on a video where he walks into the school. There's a boy standing there that says nothing to him. He grabs the boy and body slams the boy in the middle of the floor. When she's crying, how do I tell her no? We don't have space for your son. And so we end up with about 45 boys that summer because there's a need for it, a crucial need for it. I personally say that one of the reasons that we see so much carjacking now is because the video games that they have right now are getting you emotionally attached with carjacking, racing cars, pulling out guns. We're programming and training people mentally and soulishly how to embrace themselves to grab criminal activities instead of watching Dick Williams' Magic Land. Or, 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 hey, were you on Dick Williams' Magic Land? I wish I was, no. You know, I was on that really? show. I ate a cheeseburger from McDonald's, <laughs> you know? I got selected as one of the kids to go up and do a magic trick with Dick Williams. That's, that's when your career got started in, in, I, I don't in, know. in, in, Maybe in so. TV and radio. <laughs> Maybe that's where it began. Yeah. <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Wow. So 2003 was really the launch date for Husband Institute. Is that correct? Uh, 13. 13. Oh, we're, 2013. We're, yeah, we're approaching seven years okay, now. Yeah. Well, let me put it this way. It is the official date. We w- we've been working with boys for a long time. We came up with the name Husband Institute and 13 because one day I was getting ready to preach Right before I got ready to preach, the question came to me, who's been trained how to be a husband? Had absolutely nothing to do with the sermon that I was preaching. But the question came, and I asked the question. It was in my mind. I I said, who's been trained how to be a husband? We were having about two services at that time. I'm knocking the door at 500 people. Both services, complete silence. And then I asked this question. Remember the neighborhood I'm in. Frazier, who's been trained how to sell drugs? Who's been trained how to hustle? Who's been trained how to cook drugs? Who's been? They laughed, but hands went up and nothing was funny to me. Because at that time, I had a daughter that was about 15 years old. And I'm saying, who's she going to marry? I'm looking at women in the congregation who work for Fortune 500 companies, have homes, foreign cars, but no husband. I'm looking at single mothers, GED, babies, apartments. No husbands, no father. And so a conviction came on me at that particular time. If something isn't done now, Brian, what's it going to look like 10, 15, 20 years from now? Well, Ricky, the Husband Institute stands for integrity, refinement, loving. We are about teaching our youth how to live a kingdom lifestyle with mentoring, volunteering, and social outings. We strive to educate our youth to challenge the status quo and strive towards kingdom living. Yeah. What should integrity look like? Integrity is doing what you know to do and what you're supposed to do when nobody's watching, when there's no crowd, when there is an option to do wrong, but you still choose to do right. 
Why aren't we seeing more intent? And this isn't just among youth. Yeah. This is among our age, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. too. Absolutely. <laughs> uh, because no one is promoting it. No one's encouraging it. And they're not seeing it. One thing that I tell men, come to the Husband Institute. You don't have to be a preacher. You don't have to be an orator. Just your presence. I tell men with church, too. Just you walking through the door, holding your child or your wife's hand, gives a child a new view. What you repeatedly see is what you will want to be. If all you're seeing is drug dealers and pimps and players and hustlers, if that's all you see, that's what you're going to desire to be. I remember one summer, a six-year-old boy told me everything about the dope game in Memphis. He's a sponge. He's only soaked up the environment. He's super sharp. If we would have placed this young man around doctors, he would have been given medicine information. If we placed him around lawyers, he'd been given legal information. If we would have placed him around pastors, he'd been given theological. But because the only environment that he was left in was drug dealers, and watch this, many times we will punish him for not exposing him to other environments. Yeah. Yeah. What do you mean, Pastor, when you talk about refinement for our youth? Refinement. When you say the word refine, what you know, I always do raid wordplay, but refinement, I immediately think about refine yourself, your true identity and Christ. See, the world has given you an image that's not the image that God has given you. We were created in the image and likeness of God, created he, him male and female. But we have taken on an image that people who don't love our God, don't love us, are projecting on us because it's profitable for the enemy, for us to live like fools and heathens. When you talk about refining silver, and when you yes. do that, you have to get the temperature up to a, yes. a level. You know, it's yes. not comfortable mm-hmm. when it gets hot. The I heat like turns that. on. I like that. But what happens is all those impurities yeah. kind of rise to the top, yeah. and they get skimmed off yeah. to give you that pure material yeah. oh my God. so you, that you can mold it into the image. Yeah, you, you got know, about three sermons for, for, going for through the my maker mind there, with this my right friend. Here, is, <laughs> yeah, and, and, and we serve a generation where men can't handle pressure. You know, I was watching something on news this morning. They were talking about the prison system in Mississippi, and they say 65% of the prison guards in Mississippi are women. Why? They said because the men can't handle the pressure of being prison guards. And so we've raised a generation of weak men. So the challenges to your goal of integrity and refinement, what are those? The challenge is I heard one of the teachers I was working with, uh, you know, the school system and the teacher and I was they were showing me the scores and they showed how they had made major progression in math. But in English, they had not made progress. And so I said, what's 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 happening here? Why have we made progression in and math and not in English. We said we can teach them one plus one is two, and when they go home, one plus one is still two. But when we teach them English at school today and they go home and their environment contradicts what we taught them at school, then they're going to embrace the environment that has them more than we do at school. You know, I have a niece that teaches in public schools here Mm -hmm. in our county, and she teaches math. She says, it just drives me nuts because I know that these students have the potential, yeah. but they don't see it. They just want to do the get by. Hopelessness. Yeah. That's one of the biggest things that we're giving to these boys. You know, the Bible says, and I believe that's one of the biggest reasons that we see so much drug addiction. I say it this way. Hope deferred makes the heart sick. 
But when a heart is sick, what is going to happen? They're going to prescribe medicine to you. Well, what's going to happen when you don't have legal medicine? You're going to get illegal medicine, which is drugs. Yeah. And so a lot of our people are being addicted to drug is because they don't have hope. They don't have vision. They don't have purpose. They're not hearing the voice of God. They're hearing the voice of Satan, which is guiding them to do wrong, be wrong. And now we've made wrong right. Yeah. Okay, Pastor, describe what you mean by kingdom lifestyle. Kingdom lifestyle, the word king dumb, royal authority. There's an authority that comes to the believer when they are submitted to Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. And so what we're doing right now, we're displaying God. We're we're very strategic. We realize that we're going to have these boys every Monday. So we are not thee thus thou, thee thus thou, thee thus thou. What we're doing is we have men who are displaying Jesus. We're walking as Christ, burden-removing, yoke-destroying power yes. of God. We're, we say every night when a boy comes to the Husband Institute on Monday night, he's going to get all five love languages. He's going to get words of affirmation. He's going to get quality time. He's going to get acts of service. He's going to get touch. And he's going to get gifts. That's it. I got it. He's going to get gifts. He's going to get all of those. So let me give you another story. Recently in Memphis, we had a mother of 10 who got murdered. I don't know if you saw that story. A mother of 10 right before Christmas, a mother of 10 got murdered. That husband institute had just adopted that apartment complex. So the mother gets killed at 11 o'clock at night. I personally go pick these children up in the bus. I go pick them up at 530 the next day. One of the guys, I didn't realize it was his mother. One of the guys gets on the bus. He's got his husband institute shirt on. He's excited. His sister gets on the bus and said, get off. We got to go. He says, I don't want to get off. She said, we got to go. We got to go somewhere else. When he gets off the bus, the children tells me this is one of the boys whose mother was killed 18 hours earlier. Oh, my. And he wants to come to the husband institute. Why? He's going to get words of affirmation. He's going to get quality time. He's going to get acts of service. He's going to get touch. He's going to get everything that has created a loving environment for me. And you can't imagine me driving off, fighting back tears. Oh, my. (laughs) Because I know I would have been a wreck. I'm fighting back tears right now. You're telling that story. 18 hours. 18 hours later. Wow. Yeah. Any contact with the young man since? One of my members was in the movie The Black Panthers. So we actually took the whole family. She financed it. We used our bus. She took 28 children, 10 of which were those children, to Target and gave them a shopping spree. (laughs) And to my understanding, I was asking the boys about them last night. I think someone has donated them a house and new furniture, so they're in a better situation now. You mentioned movie. I know it was on a documentary back in 2013 that really helped launch the Husband Institute. Tell us about that first documentary back in 13. Man, you're good. (laughs) (laughs) We did a movie. We had a guy named Antonio Neal who just said, I want to follow you around one day and just do do some filming. And this is a Grammy-nominated, (laughs) double-award-winning songwriter. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, he is. Antonio's a good friend. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Antonio, he's a a sharp and now a real estate guy now. Yeah. Yeah. And so Antonio, man, he just documented and didn't even realize what he was doing it just evolved he said the more he watched the more he talked the more he talked to the boys the more he talked to the parents it just evolved into a movie called father figures because he consistently heard all of the boys say 
This gives me a father figure. Ninety percent of the boys in the Husband Institute do not have a biological father in the house. Well, twenty five percent of them probably couldn't tell you who their biological father are. And so we're doing what the church is supposed to be doing, being a father to the fatherless. And so this documentary, we hosted it at Studio on the Square, sold out two shows. This was the interesting thing to me. We had 30 Muslims to buy tickets and bring their families to support the Husband Institute because even they had to acknowledge the work that's being done in the community. That was wow. quite touching. <laughs> that's just, yeah. uh, they had that's the powerful. garb and yeah, everything on, but they were there to support wow. because they recognized that these inner city boys need help. So what does it take really to, when you talk about instilling the refinement, when you talk about the integrity, when you talk about kingdom living, all of what you're trying to do in yeah. building these relationships, I mean, I know Monday nights are the nights that you yeah. get together, but mm-hmm. I mean, it has to go beyond Monday nights, yeah. of course, to keep instilling and keep living this before these young men. You know, that's one reason that we, we're we doing this fundraiser. It's gone beyond what I can personally do. Typically, my Monday, which is supposed to be pastor's off day, I go buy the food, I go buy the drinks, I go pick up the children, I set up everything, I drop the children off, I give instructions. And I go home happy tired, happy tired. I left my house at 7 yesterday. I got back home at 1030 last night. But I'm happy tired. I need to bring somebody on staff who can handle some of this stuff so that we can go deeper. We need to be at the school with these boys, like you said. First, it was just a summer program. Then it was a Monday night program. We've got to get to the point that we have some people on the campuses of with these boys, checking with their teachers. A guy named Rod D. Berry has put a curriculum together where we can check their grades, their attendance level, and we're getting ready to implement that so that we are really on top of these boys' grades, conduct. We saw you got a bad conduct. What's going on, son? Yeah. Some accountability. You know, some accountability. This is your passion. Yes. You care about it. Yes. Because you've come from what could have been in your life. My cousin... My mother called me this week and said, well, your cousin is on Memphis Most Wanted for guns, drugs, gun sales, drug distribution. My cousin, this is the only cousin that my mother let me spend the night with when I was young. As I saw that, I said, one thing, one extra night over there. It could have been both of us. He wasn't a bad guy, but the gang life caught him. Then comes the drug life. Then come the violence life. Then come the pimping life. And he just got out of jail for a double life sentence. Hadn't been out a whole year. And when I think about that could have been me. Gratitude to whom much has been given, much is required. A movie premiere we're excited to announce coming up on January 13th. Yeah. 7 p.m. Vanishing Kings. Tell me about this film. There's a sister out of St. Louis, Missouri. And we got connected by a guy named Robert Watkins out of Atlanta. She had a movie called Vanishing Kings. It was a documentary. Her son, I think, was about 23 years old. And I think in less than a 24-month period of time, he had had 19 associates murdered, friends or associates murdered. And the mother said for her, every moment of the day, every phone call she's wearing is something going to happen to my son. She came up with this documentary And she was showing the pain of mothers, showing the fear of young men. 
So she came and we featured this movie in Memphis, had a tremendous response to it. We had police colonels, state representatives. We had blacks, whites, school board directors, and we all did a panel and just discussed it. She said, I want to do a Vanishing King Memphis. She brought a crew down from St. Louis and they began to film us. And they begin to see she sit in on a husband institute class. She sit in on a Sunday service. Then I told her what DeAndre Brown was doing, Lifeline to Success. Then I told her what Chad, Charlie Caswell was doing. Then I told her what uh, Dr. Futrell was doing. I began to tell her what other men yeah. in this city were doing. Yeah. And it began to take a turn that there are some people that are doing something within their communities to stop the kings from vanishing. And that's what you're going to see in this movie, she's going to deal with the police brutality. She's going to deal with the black on black crime. She's going to deal with the pain. We have a mother whose son was killed. She's going to deal with the pain of that. Yeah. But she's also going to show that there are some solutions and some wow. hope. Wow. Okay. Now, again, this Vanishing Kings yes, documentary, the Memphis edition, will yeah. be January 13th, 7 p.m. at 3759 Watkins Street. That's the yeah. Bellevue Baptist Church. Frazier, in Frazier, in Frazier campus, Frazier, yeah. campus location. 3759 30, yeah. North Watkins. Yeah, yes, Watkins sir. right there. <laughs> on the way here, I've sold 40 tickets. Have just you really? on the way here. Oh, that's exciting. Yeah, you need to reschedule me for tomorrow, too. <laughs> Okay, so yeah. ticket donation is suggested $25. Yes, sir. And yes, if you sir. can get more, that would be great. Oh, that would be great. Because yeah. the funds are going to go. The, tell me where. The funds are going to go so that we feed the kids every night, field trips, Civil Rights Museum. We feed the boys. We do school supplies, all of that. But, again, part of it will be basically the funds for this all these years have been coming out of my pocket. Let me keep going. My my wife is glad I'm doing a fundraiser right now. My car has been in the shop for three months. Wow. Because this is so passionate yes. to me that, yes. that, that I'm sending funds toward this. And we need additional staff to go deeper, to go deeper in the roots yes. of helping these boys. We've got Ronald Billingsley been working free for seven years. Devin Scott been working free for seven years. These men work sometimes 12 hours a day and come off and come in there and work. How do we get tickets? Call the church at 901-353-5772. Inbox me on Facebook. That's Ricky Floyd. Can you buy tickets at the door? You can buy tickets at the door, yes. But at the rate we're going, it might be tight. But, yes, you can buy tickets at the door. Or you can come by the church, 3171 Signal, 3171 Signal. And hopefully this will be a sellout even before Monday night. We're catching good momentum right now. We just passed, this morning we passed the 267 now. We're on the downslide. Yeah. Yeah, well, we want to pack that place out, yeah. so we want our Bot Radio Network listeners, please. It's called Vanishing Kings, the documentary, Memphis edition, January 13th, 7 p.m. Yeah. Maybe you've got another commitment on Monday night. You can't see the film. Yeah. You can still make the donation. Buy some tickets for somebody else who yeah. might not can't afford to go. Yeah, and I want to emphasize, yes, we thank you for buying the tickets. We need that. But last night as I was working with those young boys, I painted a vision of them walking in their church and 500 people celebrating and cheering them for their accomplishments. We would love your <laughs> oh presence equally as important. Can you imagine that? Oh, my God. You're talking about one affirmation. Imagine 500 affirmations. And I like the fact that right now the support we got 
is multicultural support, multi-denominational support, multi-economic support. We've got state representative Tonio Parkson going to be giving a proclamation to the boys. I said, don't put it in my name. Put it in the Husband Institute name. I told those boys, you all are going to be a part of state history now. <laughs> and so things like that, these yes. boys are going to be encouraged. Wow. Uh, some Rhonda Logan, city councilman, she's going to be there. These boys are going to be around and embraced by some important people, and it's going to make them feel important. Wow, Ricky. The investment here. Yeah. You're talking about that Monday night you could be kicking back on the couch with Sheila yeah. watching television. Yeah. I'm guilty of wasting so much time doing yeah. just that, but taking the time out, mm-hmm. investing it in these lives, yeah. you know? And so many times we say, what's wrong with our youth? Why don't they do better, you know? Yeah. And yet we sit back and we don't give, we don't do, and we're not seeing change. And we could be the instrument of yeah. change by loving on these children, investing in their right. lives, and helping see their futures different in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Because it's all about sharing and, his love. And I like not just the name, but the nature. The nature of yeah. Jesus. I love that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Are you a preacher? <laughs> uh, some say. <laughs> <laughs> just one quick thing that you mentioned, I think, in a quote on a news uh, channel recently was, the violence with our youth is beyond the police. That was actually Charlie Caswell. Well, Charlie said I, that. Yeah, yeah. You it, shared it. Yeah, I shared it. Charlie is, is absolutely true. True. The police is not the answer. Community is not going to be changed until the pastors, the politicians, the policemen, the parents, the proprietors, the parish churches, and the principals all come together, one mind, one faith, one baptism. And so to say the police is the problem, you got a problem to think that just arresting people is going to cause any solutions. Matter of fact, to prove that the laws for carjacking has become more Uh, strenuous and more time, but carjacking has gone up. That shows you that the law can't solve that problem. Okay, if we want more information about Pursuit of God Transformation Center, how can we contact you? You you can dial 901-353-5772, 901-353-5772. If you want information about the Husband Institute, thehusbandinstitute.com. The documentary Vanishing Kings, the Memphis edition, January 13th, Monday night, 7 p.m., $25 donation. Please make sure you get the word out about this. Buy those tickets. Help support Vanishing Kings because what's going to happen is, in turn, you're going to be supporting the Husband Institute and helping Pastor Ricky and those 40 inner city boys. Yeah, this is awesome. My dear brother, I love you, man. It's always a joy to have you here. You are the ultimate professional <laughs> no, in radio. And I, God bless I, I you. Thank God that the kingdom has you on our side. Glad you ain't a BB King DJ. <laughs> we need you on this side. Those were back in the old days, right? <laughs> hey, but I do appreciate yeah. you. Thank you, Pastor, what you. you are doing for Christ's kingdom. You and Sheila and the whole ministry there, Pursuit of yeah. God. We got to say goodbye. Please come back. I'm so glad we had this time together. All right. <laughs> Well, friends, that's all the time we have on this edition of Mid-South Viewpoint. Thanks for joining us. I'm Byron Tyler. We'll talk to you next time. Bye-bye.